welcome to the Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm Sherry Davidson. And I'm Candace Rogers. This is our quaint, warm space where we will share our passion for well-being and explore everyday living in health, wellness, and design to help you thrive in your life. Hi, this is Sherry Davidson and Candace Rogers, and this is episode four, number four of the yeah. Health and Dwellness podcast. We're going to be talking about biophilic design part one today. Yeah, this is part one, and we have an exciting friend coming to talk in part two. Yeah, and it's going to be our first interview, so we're excited yeah. about that too. Super excited. I guess are we going to wait to announce it, or are we, we going to? We can announce it now. <laughs> She's actually, it's actually a design, another designer, and Sherry and I found out that it's such a small world, the design, and I'm quoting in my my fingers, in the design community here in Houston, it's such a small world, but Sherry and I found out that we have a, a mutual acquaintance, it's one of Sherry's good friends, and she's an interior designer that worked with her. Yeah, we worked at PDR together, Yeah, planning design research, uh, a very long time ago, and we have stayed in touch through social media, and her name is Jackie Berry, and she does landscape design. Yeah, so our part two of the biophilic design is going to be about landscapes outside. We know that people are interested also Mm -hmm. in different types of plantings and how that can be beneficial to them, Mm -hmm. so we thought that we would get into that too. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great interview. She's awesome and uh, a lot of fun. So I'm excited to reconnect with her too. And you knew her from, because she's also a a professor at, yeah. um, yeah. She's a professor at um, Houston Community College. And I didn't know her that well whenever I was finishing my degree, but I got to know her because I was speaking at Houston Community College. They do this big student orientation. They have a great interior design program, one of the best in Houston. And they do this orientation, big orientation, every year for their interior design students there's over 200 people in the program and that's amazing it is amazing it really is and it's grown it's actually grown but I have spoken on behalf of ASID for the past couple of years which was great just to you know speak to the students and give back and that's how I got to know Jackie a little bit better because she was in charge of arranging all of that so all of the associations in Houston speak at this event and so it's just great to see the students and that's how I've gotten to know Jackie and then come to find out I worked with her she's friends with Sherry (laughs) so it's like well of course she is (laughs) no it'll be fun it'll be super fun to have her on we're gonna do it through zoom so so yeah we're we're excited and uh hope you guys can join us for part two yeah so I guess let's get into biophilic design let's get into it yeah so biophilic design I what my understanding of it is we have this innate connection to nature Mm -hmm. and we have throughout all of our years really separated ourselves from nature but uh, we are still many believe we are part of nature yes so yeah I mean as humans 
we do have this in a connection to nature that's in us. Unfortunately, with the built environment today, with cities, we've gotten away from nature. So buildings like hospitals, healthcare systems, schools, our workplace, our residences, a, a lot more people are living in cities now. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten away from nature. We live and work and associate and go to these places that are more sterile environments. Especially, it's interesting to me that especially in schools and the healthcare setting mm-hmm. that it, and the workplace where you need to be productive, mm-hmm. that you do have these more sterile settings and you've gotten away from nature and these are the places where it can be the most beneficial absolutely to people yeah yeah I think being in nature or around organic forms or any of the natural mm-hmm. environment actually they have they have they've done research yes. and it stimulates productivity and creativity Yes. Yeah. Among a lot of other things. Yes. Yeah. So I think a lot of companies, especially I know a lot of big tech companies like Google, Facebook. um, I know a lot of their campuses are very thoughtful about all of that. Yes. And like even I think YouTube was one of their campuses. That was kind of one of the big ones that got Mm -hmm. into biophilic design. But people are starting to realize the benefits. Mm -hmm. We mentioned this before on previous episodes that we spend 90% of our time indoors. Yes either at home, in the car, yes. at work, we're indoors all the time. And I think too, now that we are living in a cyber world, more of a cyber world, yes. I think it is going to be more of an issue. You know, we spend so much time on our phones and playing games, especially kids. And spending, I know I listened to a podcast and there was a guy that spent 12 hours a day on YouTube. Wow. You know, like that's incredible. And mm-hmm. if that's what we have to look forward to, um, I'm sure there's some virtual things happening but uh but where we're going to be so we're really disconnecting ourselves even more through technology i feel no that is true i mean the disconnection from nature is being driven by technology advances in technology mm-hmm. it's also being driven by the fact that more people are living in cities and a lot more yes a lot more throughout the whole throughout every country right yeah and so like people that live in the suburbs obviously they have access to nature more so than people that live in the cities with biophilic design it's a way for you to incorporate those aspects of nature in the inside and in your interior design and so a lot of people I know that green building lead Mm -hmm. architecture is very popular that is important in the built environment Mm -hmm. But it's more of how do we as humans and in the built environment affect nature Mm -hmm. and biophilic design is how does nature affect us Mm -hmm. and how do we get the benefits Mm -hmm. from that? And I just thought that that was really interesting because with what I do with wellness design, it's all about the people that occupy the spaces and how do they benefit from wellness design Mm -hmm. instead of how does green build affect nature? So it's because people are, yeah, people are always asking me like, what Mm -hmm. is wellness design? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the easiest way for me to be able to explain it. And biophilic design is just a very small part Mm. of wellness design. You know, biophilic design for people that don't really know that much about it, there have been studies of all of the benefits that it can have. And we can talk about that. Like we talked about, it reduces stress. Mm -hmm. It 
affects your emotions, your mm-hmm. mood. It can even reduce blood pressure, mm-hmm. reduce heart rates. We talked about increasing productivity. So it's like mm-hmm. super important for the workplace. Cognitive function. Cognitive function. Yes. It's yes. really good for that. Uh, yeah. And just to kind of take a step back a little bit, um, I think uh, living in these more urban settings and living in these, or, or living and working in more urban settings, and we not quite as connected to nature, we're also living higher stress lives True. especially now since COVID but we've always been doing that I mm-hmm. think people in the city are much more stressed than somebody who lives in the country right mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like what came first the chicken or the egg right I mean like are we are we more stressed because we're not connected to nature anymore or are we so busy with our lives that we're creating more stress that maybe we need nature to get back to right does that make sense it totally makes sense yeah I so could... kind of which came first you know like but I think they probably both they both affect each other yeah I think it's yeah. a combination of the both yeah these higher stress lives the, the more stressful our lives are I think sets us up for more chronic diseases and we've talked about that before mm-hmm. you know cardiovascular disease is probably the number one chronic disease in the United States mm-hmm. that's huge and directly related with lifestyle so it could be stress related it could be that you're not getting enough exercise it could be diet related all of these lead to a shorter life you know and and if we can do something in our settings, whether through biophilic design, mm-hmm. uh, living in these more urban worlds, that we can improve the quality of our lives. Yes. I think yeah. anything that we can improve the quality, I think that people are starting to want to get back to that. I think, so. I think we've reached a point where people are realizing that we are spending all this time indoors. We are spending so much time on our phones, on our computers, mm-hmm. watching Netflix. And, you know, we're spending all this time indoors. And I think that people are start are starting to realize that. I mean, remember when we were little kids and our... And Played outside all the time. Yes, yeah, like go, <laughs> go outside. Go, Just go outside. Come back, come back at dinner. <laughs> I mean, we used to run around outside yeah, all the time. Climb re- trees. Yeah. Yeah, this is a little bit off subject, but I also think once we lose that connection, we lose an appreciation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. Right. So it's we lose we lose that appreciation for something that is natural and beautiful. And I'm just wondering, you know, what will happen to, you know, all the parks, you know, in 50 years or something like once you start, you you raise generations of kids that don't have this connection, they lose Mm -hmm. an appreciation for that. Mm -hmm. And what will that look like in the future? Maybe it won't look like anything, but it's a little bit off subject. But it just made me think about that. It's important for us, and I know there's been a lot of studies on the effects of nature and our health, and um, they're pretty significant that we should we should pay attention. Yes, and with biophilic design, you can incorporate that into not real nature, mm-hmm. like you can mimic nature in the interior. Mm-hmm. For example, landscape artwork. Mm-hmm. You can place landscape artwork in your home, and it can still have an effect okay. on you. Yeah. It doesn't have as much much as real nature mm-hmm. but the studies have shown that mm-hmm. it does still work and still has the health benefits why don't we for our listeners since um a lot of people i mean i think biophilic is very it's a trend in mm-hmm. the design world and architecture world but i'm assuming that a lot of our listeners have no idea what that is right so why i guess explain your idea of what that means and and then we can talk about ways to incorporate that that into to our homes and our workspaces. Yeah, so basically
basically biophilic design seeks to connect the occupants of an interior space to the natural environment. And it also is about the way that nature affects the occupants of that space. It could be a workplace, healthcare, it could be schools, your residence. Mm-hmm. It's going beyond adding beauty. In interior design, we make things beautiful, but this is another level of interior design. It's the way that your interior can help your well-being and your health. So for example, you can incorporate plants mm-hmm. is probably the easiest thing that you can incorporate into mm-hmm. your home. There's also even natural lighting and placement of windows. And natural materials, I think. Natural materials, like organic materials using linen. Mm-hmm. cotton, anything that has a texture to it. You could even use real stone in your homes that can bring in the natural element. And I think you had mentioned before too, like you 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 really like bringing in things that are local into your area. Yes. So like limestone in, in Austin, you know, that's a pretty big one. Yes. And so you use a lot of limestone, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And so you can still use sustainable materials. Mm-hmm. You can do bamboo flooring. Mm-hmm. You can have any type of, of wood is going to, to me, is a grounding feeling. And so if you have natural wood floors, natural wood cabinetry, even if some of your furnishings, you know, a wicker, a chair to bring in like natural elements, making things out of branches, mm. you could bring in the in the exterior, mm-hmm. but also your views out of your windows, mm-hmm. how windows are placed are a big deal for me. I find it interesting when people build homes mm-hmm. and they basically have this cookie cutter home. They have this floor plan. They put that house on every piece of land that they have. Mine's so it's the same house. Edward Scissorhands. Do you ever, do you ever see that? Movie? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just had this Where everybody like, gets the same haircut. <laughs> That just that 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 just popped into my head. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But you know, they're building homes, but yeah. they're not building the home for the land that it's on and taking advantage of the landscape. Right. And we've mm-hmm. talked about Frank Lloyd Wright. Mm-hmm. He's an architect. He still has a big impact on design and architecture in our world. But he was all about taking advantage of your landscape and also using materials from that area and bringing it outside, bringing it inside so that it's all seamless. So the outside and the inside is one. Well, and that, that Japanese wooden houses, you know, you Frank know, Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> I mean, I have to talk and that's how I got into, it was one of the things I really appreciated in design schools. I got really into the Japanese mm-hmm. wooden houses mm-hmm. and they, I think that they are symbolic of biophilic design. Yes. I mean, they are all about the nature and connecting the home or blending the uh, home and garden and they have these big views and these sliding doors that open up the inside to the outside. They're made with wood and all very, it's just a very simplistic and natural materials. They mm-hmm. have the tatami floors. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then you look at Frank Lloyd Wright and he does the very, he, it's a very similar style. Very, yes. yeah, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and even like with Japanese architecture and building, they're also very big on incorporating water features. Water features, yes. You can do something like that in your home, incorporate some, and it it needs to be some sort of flowing water where you can hear it because that gives you the most benefits. Mm -hmm. Even if you have a, a, a pond or a fountain or even a pool outside of your home that has a fountain Mm -hmm. that can have that noise of running water. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, Frank Lloyd Wright, if anyone has ever seen his falling water 
Mm-hmm. Um, home mm-hmm. is absolutely gorgeous. It cantilevers out over yeah. a stream. Is that in Chicago? Where is that? Maybe Pennsylvania. Is it Pennsylvania? I, yeah, I know he has designed uh, a lot of beautiful homes in Chicago. Yeah, he has a lot of homes there. He actually, you know, when I went and saw the first Frank Lloyd Wright home that I saw was just some little home outside of Washington, D.C. It literally changed my view mm-hmm. on the way that I see buildings and interiors. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are fortunate enough to be able to build your own home and to start from scratch to purchase your land, build your own home. Just remember to build that home so that it fits the landscape so that you can take advantage of those views so that you can enjoy the landscape. Maybe even incorporate something from that area, some type of stone or something like that that you can bring into the inside of your home. But I do think that a home has a life that's meant to be on that land facing east or west. Where do you you want your your windows to face? Where do you want your bedrooms to be placed? Mm-hmm. You know, another interesting thing that I always see in residential homes that are being built are no thought as far as placement of windows. Mm-hmm. I went and saw a home when I was first um, in Houston and there were side windows on the house and they were looking directly into the other house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would you do this? Mm-hmm. You could easily put tall, high window that Maybe you could have a sky view, but why am I looking into the other person's home? They're designing on elevation. Yeah. That's it. Right. (laughs) And that's not the way it should be. Right. Well, you know, and one of my other favorite architects is Christopher Alexander Mm -hmm. and the timeless way of building and a patterned language uh, are two books that he wrote. And his theory and thought is that there were no master plans. Like you would go to the site and you would walk through that site and you would design that way and how a person would use that particular space, which I always found very fascinating. But he also has a pattern called a window with a view. It's a universal pattern. So there's something that says something that everybody enjoys that, right? If it's a universal pattern that he found through all of his research, there is something about a window with a view. Well, look at like New York City, if Mm -hmm. you live in Manhattan, Mm -hmm. having a window with a view Mm -hmm. or even a little small terrace Mm -hmm. is huge yeah is huge there I think a lot of people are looking for that but you know with biophilic design there are ways that you can incorporate that even if you don't have that view of the exterior for instance in workplaces Mm -hmm. if you can it would be great if you could go into the workplace and position everyone's desk so that they have this great view sure but a lot of times you you can't do that and so having things like living walls Mm. interface which is commercial carpet and flooring. They also have a residential line called Floor, F-L-O-R. But they have these square carpet tiles that mimic grass. Mm -hmm. And so you can even put things like that inside that make you feel like you're outside and are bringing that nature in. I like that. Yeah. So there are lots of things that that you can do. Another thing that you can also do is bring in things like shells, driftwood, branches. Mm -hmm. I talked about that. Landscapes, seascapes in your art Also, non-visual sensory stimuli. You can do that with scents, essential oils, um, have sense of nature, nature sound. You can bring that into your place. Another good one is fire. I love fire. (laughs) 
Controlled fire. You know what's funny is in Houston, a lot of people have fireplaces here in Houston. It's like a big thing. And I thought that was very interesting when I first moved here because I'm like, why do you need a fireplace? But it's just nice to have one. It's that one night that is super cold that you can actually light it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but there's something warm and cozy about fire, right? Yeah, I don't even care if it actually heats. I think just just the actual, just the look of the fire and the sound. 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 I love the crackling and... I, there's a on my uh, I use the Calm app. They actually have a fire on there, mm-hmm. and so sometimes I go to sleep to that in the winter. <laughs> Google Google has a fire, fire sound that I've it's, played before. Yeah, there's just something something about it that's just very yeah. comforting. Yeah. yeah, and then I have this good night mode mm-hmm. on Google, and I tell it good night, and then of course it does like tells me the weather and all this other kind of stuff. But say good night to you. It does. <laughs> And it says my name. I love it. It says my name. (laughs) But I haven't haven't played cricket sounds for an hour. Yeah. And I cannot go to sleep without the cricket sounds. I'm like, where are my cricket sounds? (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Even though I don't really like camping, but I like that. I love camping. (laughs) I like glamping. Glamping. Glamping is more my style. Yeah. I could do both. You know, I think uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate the glamping, but I still don't mind camping. I I don't like bugs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, mosquitoes. They, they're pretty annoying, and, and we I, have a lot of like, those here. I don't like being sweaty when I'm sleeping, so. That's why you go when it's cooler. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, but okay, you're funny. <laughs> but, but do you know what? I mean, I think that's a good lead into forest bathing. <laughs> yeah, forest bathing. Because that is part, I mean, it is, there is some, it's a, a Japanese, it's a, it's called Shinrin Yoku, mm-hmm. and it basically means bathing in the forest, mm-hmm. but you don't actually bathe. Um, well, you but could. You could. But, but it's so, and the Japanese take this very seriously. They have mm-hmm. always, and you're Japanese, so mm-hmm. you probably know a lot of this already, but they have a great appreciation for nature, which takes us back to the, the Japanese wooden houses. But it also, they have, it was their religion, the Shinto religion, mm-hmm. um, where they worship these deities that was, it was nature. Mm-hmm. And so I find that very, very interesting. And so they do a lot of research on forest bathing. And there are, are 62 places in Japan that are certified forest bathing places. Yeah, and you can they're, get, they're you can get like a tour guide and you can go. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um it is all about being completely present with nature. Mm-hmm. It is taking in all the smells mm-hmm. and taking in all the sounds and touching the plants and um just sitting and and, and appreciating a view that you have. Mm-hmm. Um and they also have found going back to the essential oils that it it can strengthen the immune system. Mm. And I think the the tree that they studied was the, uh, it was a cypress, the Hinoki cypress. I mm-hmm. think I said that right. But they think it's the essential oils from these trees that they they had they produce these essential oils to protect themselves and they think that that is what activates the human immune system wow that's that interesting crazy? it is so i don't know how that plays in the states or in forests that you might walk in that are you know close to your where you live but that, that just says something right that we can benefit yeah. in some way but. yeah i was i did a little bit of research about forest bathing mm-hmm. because we were going to talk about it today mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I did a little research. It's shown that you can't, it, it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in a forest in Japan to get those benefits. Sure. You can go 
anywhere in nature, you just need to be present. Um, And you need to be, like Sherry said, with your senses. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going mountain biking or something like that, it's not the same. You you need to be basically just in nature, kind of just feeling and seeing and smelling everything around you. And they've shown that it does have the the same benefits as as the real uh, Mm -hmm. forest bathing from Japan. It made me think about this. I went to, have you ever been to California and gone and seen the redwoods the redwood forest but i bet it's beautiful oh my gosh i can see it because i went to the muir woods um Mm -hmm. forest Mm -hmm. it was absolutely magical Sure. I, I cannot explain it any other way. These gigantic redwoods were, were so beautiful. And just being in that landscape and being around all those trees. And they're huge. They're huge. They're enormous. And there's something they're to, so beautiful. And, and there's something to say about that relationship, right? Yeah. When you look at it. And, and I did. I had yeah. this I had this feeling that came over me after mm-hmm. going there. Yeah. And I I want to go back. Because it was, it was, it was magical. It just, Mm -hmm. it just made you appreciate nature so much more. But it did, it had this very like calming effect. I don't know, I just felt lighter and calmer and happier. I just felt like all this joy after I came out of that forest. And I didn't know it was forest bathing, but... Well, there are some studies as well that say it drops your stress hormones. Mm. Um, So I find that very interesting. But also, you know, we're talking specifically about forest bathing, but I do think you still get benefits even if you are, you know, running. I, I love trail run. And um, I used to, before I did a trail run, I was doing road. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I did trail, I never wanted to go back. You know, I mean, I still run on the road, but there is just something peaceful about being out there. And it's just amazing. And I would do some of these ultra marathons and you're out there for maybe 12 hours. Well, I'm out there for 12 hours. (laughs) (laughs) There are other people that finish way before me. But, um, but, and I absolutely, it's, I love it. And there is something that even if you're not going out and being more present with Mm -hmm. nature, that you can still gain some benefits. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if you take your dog for a, a walk oh, or totally. you go for a little... But we're specifically talking about forest bathing. Yes, I do believe that anytime you can get out in yeah. nature, it is going to benefit you. Just being yeah. even outdoors, we talked about in the sunshine, Absolutely. vitamin D, you're going to get the health benefits out of that. So the situation that we're in because of COVID, people have become more appreciative of nature mm-hmm. because it was the one thing that we could get out and do. We could, we could go to parks. We could... Mm-hmm get outdoors. I think more people have gone to parks this year than ever before. Yeah, I, I see. Right. I mean, just the picnics that you see people doing, it's it's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because when I was looking for a house in Houston, there were all these things that I had on my list. And it was just things that were important to me about where I live. And one of them was in proximity of green space parks. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky and I have several parks. Yeah. People don't think about Houston as having this many trails and parks mm-hmm. and, and places to to spend outside but they have a lot I mean I think yeah. there was way more than what when I lived in Atlanta really 
Yeah. I, mean, I live, uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time at Herman Park and uh, mm-hmm. Memorial Park. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, I mean, you probably don't think about those things. The only thing we don't have here are hills. No. <laughs> we don't really have a lot of hills here, but, yeah. I'm okay with that. You're okay, You're okay with that? <laughs> I can use a change yeah, in the I'm elevation. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while. So, you know, we so we call them Houston Hills and we run parking garages. Yeah. So we have bayous here. Mm-hmm. And there are these little kind of offshoots where you can get down to the bayou from yeah. the trail. And I see people running up and down there. And I also see people going down there and then biking up just so they, they can get a hill in. Yeah. I, I don't do that, but um, I'm completely fine with the flat surface. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a change is good. <laughs> I'm working up to it. You I'm are. You are. You're doing so great. You went on two bike rides this past weekend. I did. I, awesome. went on, I went on two bike rides. Mm-hmm. One 18 and a half mile bike ride and the other one was a 27 mile bike ride. So good that's pretty good. That's very good. good. That's very good. Yeah. Minimal whining. So it all worked. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, so um told you I was going to tell you about um, oh. a, 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 my next adventure. Oh, okay. What is it? So I don't know. Um, So I did the El Camino de Santiago. It was a pilgrimage, a walk in Spain. I think I told you about that. Oh, yes. Yes. So I did that. And uh, I found another one. I don't know if I knew that you did that. Oh, you didn't know? I thought, I, I thought we talked about it. Maybe not. I'm not sure, but I thought it was really cool. I know that a friend of mine talks about it a lot, so. It was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Wow. Yeah, so okay. we walked um, We walked 450 miles across Spain, and we actually, we were there five weeks, and so it's really hard to get that amount of time to do something like that. But, uh, so we ended up having having to quit before we got to Santiago, so I'd like to go back and mm. do it again. But I found another one in Japan. Oh, okay. Yes. I found, I was like, I had no idea this existed. But it's not as long as the El Camino mm-hmm. uh, de Santiago, but it's called the Kumono Kudo Trail. Okay. Where is it? Southwest of Tokyo. Okay. Um, and it's a walk? It's a walk. And how long is it? I think I have a book coming. Okay. <laughs> but um, so I can do my research on it and read a little bit. But I think there are several trails that kind of crisscross back and forth. Yeah. But I know one is about five days. It's a five-day walk. Can you bike the Camino? was thinking that parts of it you, you could bike, you can, but not you, all of you, it, right? You can, you can bike parts of the uh, Camino de Santiago. Yeah. Okay. You, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there are some through the mountains that I, I don't think you... Yeah, you can't do it. Might be it's, it's kind of steep and narrow, right, on some parts of I it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. We started at the border of Spain and France, and I mm-hmm. think the part of the trail in France is would be very technical okay. to mountain okay. bike. But I don't know that for sure. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So I want to do this walk. Okay. This okay. pilgrimage. And, okay. and and it's known for, I think it is a certified forest bathing oh, okay. um, area of Japan. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I need to, I have a cousin that lives in Tokyo. I need to ask him about this. You need to ask See if him. he knows anything about it. He may not. Yeah, they're comparing it. It was, um, and I can't remember the name of the organization, but they, they're comparing it to the El Camino de Santiago. Okay. For a pilgrimage. I'll, and ask, I'll ask him about it the next time I talk. Yes. Okay. I wish I could remember the name of the organization, but I can't. Okay. okay. But so anyways. <laughs> Interesting Sherry's new adventure. I love adventure. <laughs> I like to vacation on the beach with a margarita in my hand. You don't want to go walking. Are you asking me to go with you on this trip? (laughs) 
Okay, I gotta work up my stamina. <laughs> Experience forest bathing at its. It's finest. only five days. <laughs> it's only five. Okay, days. I could do it for five days. You could do it for five. days. I could totally do it for five days. Yeah. And believe it or not, I've never been to Japan. It is on my bucket list. So yeah, I would love to do it. Yeah, take two weeks, spend a week on the trail, and a week in mm-hmm. Japan. Yeah, and or my cousin, my cousin's or... been dying for me to go. He'll take us around and he'll show us all the places to eat and okay, go See? to baths and all that kind of stuff. I knew I asked the right person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sherry's going to get me into this uh, interesting <laughs> trip, but it sounds exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> All right. You think that's a good place to wrap it up? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, I guess we can talk about some of the takeaways and of our 30 minutes here. Yeah. So I think uh, the the big takeaways are the importance of, of our health and preventative health and that we can do things to support our health. We can boost our immunity. We can improve our sleep. We can lower our blood pressure, can reduce our stress. Mm-hmm. And we can do all this through biophilic design yeah. that no matter where you are um, in your life right now that somehow you can incorporate these elements into your workspace your home to gain the benefits that it offers for for improved health yeah so some of the takeaways and ways that you can incorporate biophilic design into your interiors um, an easy way is indoor plants people that are following us, we posted, we talked about on our last episode, I think it was, and we posted a photo of it, of all of the hanging plants in oh, the yes. bathroom. That I, I so want that in my bathroom. That was so cool. And so mm-hmm. even, I don't, I don't know if that's an easy way to incorporate, but it was really cool looking. So mm-hmm. something like that, I mean, you still could incorporate plants into your, into your bathroom setting. Also access to natural light, mm-hmm. windows, as much natural light as you can. If you can't get natural light, another way is mimicking it through artificial light. Mm -hmm. And so using dimmers and different types of layers of lighting. Also air temperature and airflow. Previously, Sherry and I talked about the importance of being able to open up our windows and get fresh air. So So yeah, if you can mimic the airflow in nature, even Mm -hmm. if you have in Houston, a lot of us here have ceiling fans. Mm -hmm. I think that that's why I always like to kind of have my ceiling fans run is it's I've got that the constant airflow going and you know um, feng shui which will be another interesting topic uh, they talk a lot about uh, stagnation oh. um, and keeping your space you want to make sure the chi is flowing through your space okay and so opening windows is a good way to keep things circulating the air circulating so you can reduce stagnation okay. of a space because not only can your body be stagnant but your space can be stagnant oh totally I totally believe yeah. that and yeah. so any time you can get to open up your windows and let the air flow. I know in Houston it gets hot, but we do have some beautiful days and also the mornings. Mm-hmm. The temperature is great for that. So open your windows. The other thing is bringing in natural textures and surfaces. Mm-hmm. Wood, stone, marble, granite, limestone, anything like that. Natural furniture, wood furniture and millwork. Mm-hmm. Side tables with natural stone tops. And also bringing in like nature sounds. We talked about plant oils, using art that has landscapes or seascapes in your space. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a, an interior area and you don't have a view to the exterior. Put in a beautiful landscape piece of art. It'll give you that, that same benefit. Also using natural fibers, cotton, wool, silk, linen. And then also we didn't touch on colors, colors of nature. 
you can bring those in. Lots of green, lots of real earthy tones, water features, and then also organic forms in furniture and accessories, and then the way that you arrange your furniture. Mm. So a lot of people don't arrange their furniture to take advantage of uh, scenery and window views. And that's something you can go in and look at your space, even a workplace, and think about how you can rearrange the environment to take advantage of that. I like that. Um, so those are basically the those takeaways. Are good, those are some good tips. And do you know... Um, have you heard or seen the mycelium furniture? No. So do you know what mycelium is? Nope. It's it's from mushrooms. <laughs> so mushroom it's like it's furniture. So if you have a mushroom that it's this network under the ground. There's a there's a lot of research in this mycelium uh, not product, but it's it's growth. It's like a plant, but it grows and it connects everything underground. Okay. And they take this mycelium and then they actually can, actually you can take it, ingest it, but they're creating furniture out of it. Out of mushrooms? You, my, the my, yes, of mycelium. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. I'll have to show it to you. Hmm. It's really interesting, but it made me think of it whenever you were talking about organic shapes and furniture mm -hmm. and all of that. So I'll have to show it I to you. I do not know anything about mushroom furniture. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> well, I will. Uh, but it, it might be cool. It could be cool. You could put it in someone's space. <laughs> it's all natural. And you can eat it if you, you get can, hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but be careful. No, I'm just kidding. I guess it depends on what kind of mushrooms, right? It depends right? on what kind of could mushrooms. Could be fun. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, we digress yeah. again on the mushrooms. That's right. <laughs> Still fun fact. It's <laughs> a fun fact. <laughs> Sherry has all these interesting fun facts. I love them. I keep them for you. You know that. <laughs> I love right. them. I love them. <laughs> all right. Well, so I guess next time we, in two weeks, we're going to have our first guest. Yes, Jackie Berry. And we're going to talk, we're going to extend more on biophilic design and also landscape design and talk more about the benefits of plants. And so yep. tune in. Tune in. And thank you for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. every other week for a new episode. Go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to us so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And please share our podcast with your family and friends. If you like what you hear, please give us five stars and a positive review. It will greatly help our rating and success of the podcast. You can also keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Health Wellness. To find out more information, visit our website at healthdwellness.com. We welcome your input. If you have any ideas, comments, or questions, you can email us at healthandwellness at gmail.com.